You are listening to the Her Money Matters podcast, episode 31. Welcome to the Her Money Matters podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, this is Jen. Welcome to the first episode of 2016. Happy New Year. Today, I have a special guest. Her name is JC Verdicchio, and she shares such a genuine and such a real story that I know firsthand you will appreciate. In today's episode, JC shares a personal story and how they lived on student debt. I'm not kidding you, like that was their income, so to speak, and what they did to turn it all around, what she learned about budgeting through the multiple times of disappointment and doing them. And she also shares what making a giving a priority, especially during the hard times did for them and what they learned about that. So let me share with you a little bit about JC. She co-hosts and produces a podcast called around the table that is the perfect balance of intention and indulgence. She also works as the brand and business manager for Naptime Diaries and also writes. She lives in Charleston, South Carolina with her husband and a golden retriever. So let's not delay and let's go ahead and meet JC. Welcome, JC, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's exciting to have another podcaster. And as I mentioned, I haven't listened yet to their podcast, but I've heard so much about your uh, podcast called Around the Table. So I'm looking forward to hearing, uh, to listening to your podcast, but I want to know more about you. I know you're a podcaster, you're a brand and business manager, you write as well, but I want to know about more about you on the personal side. So tell us more about that. Yeah, great. I live in Charleston, South Carolina with my husband, Mike, and our golden retriever, Jack, (laughs) uh, who's like our little baby. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I I work for a small business here. I blog. Sometimes I have a podcast. Um, I love to have people in my home. um, And I love to read. I'm I'm a big reader just, you know, for fun, like to read novels and... Mm -hmm. um, I like to run and do yoga and I love eating cookies. <laughs> well, that's one thing I notice about your podcast is how you still can have the dessert. You say something to, along those lines, how to indulge. Oh, yeah. We we say it's uh, our tagline is around the table is uh, the perfect balance of intention and indulgence. Yes. So, yes, we like to say without skipping dessert. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm game on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Well, that's great. And then I wanted to know about, of course, this is all a podcast all about money. So tell me a little bit more about how you grew up around money. Sure. I was really fortunate because my parents t- really took it upon themselves to teach me about money from a pretty young age. Okay. My my dad uh, 
had learned a lot as a young adult about investing and uh, saving. And he, as he kind of learned it as an adult, really wanted us to be able to take that on at a younger age. And so one example would be when I was had my first job. So, you know, 15, 16, my dad said, look, if you will put away half of what you earn, so, you know, half your paycheck, I will match it into a Roth IRA for you. So we, you know, cause you can put however, however much you have reported income, you can, you can put into a Roth IRA. Right. Um, well, I mean, there's a limit, but for me, I, I wasn't earning that much. I was just a 16 year old with a part-time job. <laughs> and so, um, so I could, the amount that I earned, I could really put legally a hundred percent of that in, but he wanted me to be able to have money to go to the movies and buy clothes and <laughs> buy makeup, all the things that I actually wanted to spend my money on. But he said, if you'll start this early and he would show me on the calculator, the power of compound interest, compound and how interest, it's yeah. the younger you start. It's really, I mean, that, that the years that it's in there makes such a difference, even if you're putting in small amounts. And so I had lessons like that from a really young age. You know, he set up um, a Charles Schwab brokerage account for me. Wow. Um, and so I would often, and give money from, you know, my grandma would give me money for my birthday or something and I would just give it to my dad to invest for me. And so I felt pretty fortunate for to have that kind of awareness that your money can work for you from a really young age. Um, but what I didn't quite learn, not because they didn't teach me the importance of it, but I think it's just you really have to learn it practically by doing it is how to budget Okay. And really kind of, you know, it took me some learning and some bumps in the road and some uh, just more frustrating type of learning in my young adulthood, I think, <laughs> to learn how to l live on a budget and do all of that. Um, just the more practical day to day kind of money stuff. Right. Well, tell us if you could a little about that, because you say you uh, that was what you didn't learn. And that's what you were learning by doing and by maybe making mistakes and so forth. So tell us, like, maybe a little bit about that, the challenges yeah. that you had. Sure. So uh, when I was in college, I still was pretty much supported by my parents. They were generous enough to pay for my school. And then they also paid kind of my expenses. And I worked, but, you know, it's kind of the same as when I was in high school. I worked and then I, I had that money to either invest or spend. Um, and I learned about mint.com, which okay. you're probably familiar with. Yep. And I actually still use to this day. And, um, it was really convenient because I could link my bank account to it and it would track all my debit card purchases. But I never used it as a budgeting tool. I never actually went in and set up a budget. I would just be going in after the fact and seeing okay. what I had spent, um, which didn't wasn't really a problem when I was in college because it's not like I was overdrafting or anything like that. But I also didn't really have to worry about my actual expenses because my parents were paying for my okay. books and my... Um, car insurance and my <laughs> rent and everything. So it was, it, it wasn't that the stakes weren't high enough for me to care really. And then once I got out of college, I got married fairly soon after being out of college. And it was a completely different situation where my husband was a student full-time in grad school. 
and had some student loans and I had just moved to a new place where his where he was going to school and was job searching and all of a sudden it was like our quote income was actually from a student loan it wasn't okay. actual income for the, for those first few months of marriage and I was kind of doing the same thing that I had done in college where I would except I was attempting to make a budget at that point so I'll go into mint and I would I would set up all these different things that, you know, we're going to spend this much on gas, we're going to spend this much on groceries. and um, But then I still wouldn't really, it, w- it would be the end of the month and I'd be looking and seeing, oh, we went over on this, we went over on this, we went over on this, which was doubly discouraging because it wasn't actual money. So mm. it's not like we were, we. it's like I would say, I think we can maybe get by with this amount on groceries, and, and which was which was all debt basically. Mm-hmm. And then we would go over if when we went over that, it was not just that we were, you know, going over and dipping into savings or something. It was like we were already extending even further into debt when we okay. would go over. And so, um, so it was frustrating on a lot of levels. Cause I think it, it feels really discouraging to make a budget when you're not budgeting with real money in the okay. first place. And then also just budgeting, it takes a few months to learn. And I don't think I, I was, prepared for the learning curve. So I just continually felt like a failure where, you know, now I always tell people that are trying to get started with budgeting. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I did learn eventually. Um, <laughs> but I always tell people just make, give yourself three months, give yourself some time and just know it's going to take some time to, to be able to accurately project what you're going to spend and to not forget those things then that have them come up mid month or, you know, um, and so, but I didn't have that awareness to know that this is normal for this to be a challenge for you. It's going to take you some time. Right, right. And it's something that it's a work in progress. Uh, it requires a lot of flexibility because life happens. Uh, maybe there's uh, a promotion, so more money, or maybe the opposite. Maybe there's a decrease in income or maybe some big expense come up. Or So you just have to be very... Uh, flexible. And that's where people get frustrated is just, they, it's not a stagnant situation, but uh, more of a fluctuating, uh, t- and I don't know, the tool system, however you want to c- call it. So it's not, I think people want uh, what people are foreseeing, well, I'll set this up and everything will go fine, but we're human. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we sometimes we overspend or sometimes we forget that, uh, we pay, uh, maybe we've been uh, paying for a magazine subscription or whatever the case may be that will throw off the budget. So, um, but yeah, so it's definitely, you got to have patience and uh, you got to definitely be flexible with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you stuck to it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and what would you say is the best money advice you've received? I know your dad started talking to you early on about investment, investing and the uh, power of compound interest and all that. But um, tell me, was there any other advice that you would, uh, you would uh, say is the best that you've received? Yeah, um, I would say to um when you're making your budget um to put giving and the things that are the most important at the top so 
I think especially while we were in difficult times or having a hard, um, uh, where we were, it was hard for us to pay our bills or to make progress on our debt. Um, I, it would be tempting to say, well, if we have any left over, then, then we will give to a charity or our local church or something like that. Um, but, uh, my, and this is a personal belief, but I think it, it does have implications financially as well. Mm-hmm. Um, being generous, no matter how, where you are financially, does a lot, um, just for your mental outlook and your, your, um, it, I think it's just so easy to get this like closed fisted kind of, especially if you're in a hard place, especially of, of trying to, um, m- pinch your pennies and it's good to be, to be, to save and to be disciplined and to even sacrifice things that you might want. But I think giving even in those hard times, it flexes a different muscle that's important to have. Um, and so I think giving no matter what financial position we were in was huge for us, um, just to keep a healthy, positive attitude about money and, um, and, um, you know, as a Christian too, about God's provision for us. And, um, and so putting giving at the very top of our budget, regardless of where we were, um, I, I think was probably the best that someone mentioned that and told me to do that, I think was the best advice I've ever gotten. Wonderful. I like that because it also gives you, especially in time, in the tough times where you feel in art, you're feeling so limited by the money and you're feeling stuck. It gives you more of a, like you mentioned, it, it definitely allows you to use another muscle, but it also gives you that feeling of, you're giving, but the abundance, there's a a factor of abundance in there. Uh, so I think that's wonderful. And that's absolutely right. And one quick follow up to that would be, um, and also I think to, it, it also helps encourage your gratitude because even if you're in a difficult place, it's still, you still can remember, well, we do have something and we do have more than a lot of people and we can, be grateful for what we have, even if it's not a lot. And I think giving really helps encourage that sense of gratitude. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what would you say is your favorite money quote? Oh, that's a good one. Um, uh, I heard this John Maxwell quote that's a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that hit really close close to home because of those months of sort of at the end of the month looking and and figuring out where the money went and realizing how much further it could go if we actually told it where to go instead of wondering where it went. (laughs) Right, right, right. No, that's a great quote. That's a Mm -hmm. great quote. And, um, you're married, so are you the money manager in the home, or is your husband? Um, we both are. I think I do a lot of the administrative work on it, so I'm the one to write out the budget each month and to keep track of it throughout the month and to pay most of the bills. Actually, it's so great now. So many bills can be automated. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but I'm kind of the one to you know press send or, or to do the actual administration of the money. But we do sit down every month and talk about it together. So I'll have kind of done the work to bring it to him and say, here's how last month ended up. Um, 
here's where we are savings wise and here's what I'm proposing for this month. And then at oh, this, that point he'll tell me kind of, and hopefully, hopefully this is happening before the very beginning of the month and we're not already midway in, uh-huh. uh, which, you know, happens sometimes, but, uh, hopefully this is happening before then. And then he'll say, Oh, also we have this thing at work this month. So I need to put X amount of dollars into the budget for that, or I need to buy new shoes or, you know, so then he'll have things that he'll, he'll put in um or you know it doesn't happen all the time but or he might push back and say uh i don't know are you sure you need to do that um this month or maybe we should spend less on such and such or something like that but so then we come to kind of a verbal agreement and you know go through and edit the budget and then after we've talked about it that's that's the budget we've both agreed on for the month. So that's great and you both being able to have that money conversation is a beautiful thing because, of course, that's one of the toughest things uh, to ha- to have that money conversation between a husband and a wife. A lot of people have such a hard time with that, but uh, you all do that on a monthly basis. So I I applaud you. Well, thank you. We and I I mean that's something else I would give as advice to other people and um, to try to do that monthly, but we took a long time to get there. So we'll Mm -hmm. have been married for seven years this month. And thank you. Um, And, you know, there was years that we just didn't really talk about money or it was always a tense subject when we did. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, you know, it's not, it didn't just happen. We didn't, we didn't come into our marriage like that. It was something we've had to really work at. (laughs) Right. Right. But you've, you've, you've worked at it and it's, and it's working. So now you're, you're having those conversations. So that's great. And tell so, what so you do the budgeting? You have a conversation, you know. You have meet with your husband or have a conversation around the finances about once a month. Tell us a little more as far as like, do you use? Um, are you more of a spreadsheet type of, spreadsheet type of person? Do you still use Mint, uh, or maybe you do more a little more paper paper and pencil? Tell me a little bit more about your system of how you manage your personal finances. Okay, sure. We, when we first got serious, I would say about, okay, we're actually going to make this budget thing work. I had been using Mint, as I mentioned, and to not a lot of success. So I, at that point, started just using a pencil and paper mm-hmm. so that when I did have to make edits, it was, I could erase it <laughs> <laughs> midway through the month. I could, I could say, well, we're going to have to up this budget category and take this one down because I didn't remember that see that coming or whatever it was just because to get in the habit, it really helped me to just simplify it down to say, I can do this with just a pencil and paper. Mm. Uh, and I used our bank account statements and things like that at that point. Um, and then after we kind of got in the habit of doing that and it was working, I got tired of hand copying things every month because <laughs> a lot of the items are the same, you know, right. like you're always going to have rent, you're always going to have insurance, you're always going to have groceries or whatever. And so, um, so then I thought, okay, I think I'm ready to try a spreadsheet. So, uh, n- now what we do, what we started doing then and what we continue to do is in, um, my Google drive, I use a, a spreadsheet, which is very Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Similar to like an Excel spreadsheet or something like that. And it's very simple. It just has 
the uh, budget categories, so groceries or whatever it might be, and then it has the target, which is when mm-hmm. we set our budget, this is what it's going to be. The actual column, so, you know, because we still don't hit it perfectly every month, and right. so... Um, and then on the over on the side, I have a keeping track of our income. So when I set the budget every month, that target column adds up to the same amount as what the income is going to add up to. Um, and then I just, and then I do use Mint though. So Mint does have a budget feature, but since the spreadsheet thing was working for me, mm-hmm. um, I just stuck with that. So you can set budgets in Mint and then check in and see throughout the month where you are on your different budgets, but it just became important to me to make a new budget every single month because okay. sometimes, because categories aren't always the same. You might spend nothing one month on a category or something that comes up every six months or it might be a category that's only for that one month or something. And so I found that with Mint, um, it's really easy to set up budgets and, but if they're changing frequently, it's hard to go in or it's just I didn't want to have to keep going in and changing them all the time or forget to change it and then be off so I use mint just to keep track of the categories because it does automatically categorize things for you which is really helpful right so I I have my whatever old budget from however long ago that I set up in there um but none of the numbers are accurate it just is a way for me to look quickly and see the different categories but then I take those and put them onto my own spreadsheet and I don't know it might that as I'm saying it it might sound more complicated than it needs to be um to people listening, but it's actually very simple and it, it really works a lot better for me and is more straightforward to me than having to, uh, worry about the, the budget numbers changing every month in mint. Right. And sometimes you have to find, you have to try things out and find what works for best for you, for your personality, per, for how you do things. Uh, cause this may not be the spreadsheet, it might be the software it may be just a pen, you know, just, uh, paper and pencil. Uh, so it's just a uh, matter. And I'm glad, you know, you've mentioned all three <laughs> <laughs> yep. yes, and, and there certain things that you liked about the different methods. You know, you like the, uh, the pencil and, and paper because you were able to easily uh, erase and, and those type of things. So, uh, you just definitely have to try things and, and see what works best, uh, for you. Yes. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is your proudest money moment? Well, it would definitely be paying off all of my husband's student loan debt, um, which has been just about a year. It was last September, October. Congratulations. Tell, I would definitely want to hear this. So <laughs> I should have, I should have known, I really should know the date because now I'm sitting here thinking, I don't, I don't know this date by heart, but, um, <laughs> it was such a long time coming at that point. It was like, let's just get this over with, you know? Um, but yeah, so I mentioned that, you know, when we were first married, it was, we were using student loan, uh, student loans to live on. Um, we had been fortunate that a lot of my husband's tuition over the years had been waived and, you know, he, it could have been a lot worse mm. <laughs> in some ways, but, um, he had, uh, he had gotten a PhD and, um, years and years and years of school. And so we moved to Charleston about four years ago and for his first kind of real job teaching at a college. And it was at that point that, um, 
you know, we had been sort of treading water for a couple years before that because I worked and we could pay all of our bills without the student loan at that point um, while before we moved here. So, so we had been treading water. It's not like we had been going deeper and deeper, but we just had kind of put it from our minds because we couldn't really do anything to pay it back yet. And then once we moved here and um, he got that job and our income increased and um, we were going to have to start paying it back because he was out of school. So that was when we really got serious and I think really looked it in the face for the first time, which was mm-hmm. difficult um, because it was so much worse than I thought. Um, and we had also made the, I, I'm not going to say it was a stupid decision. I would have done something different now looking back, but uh-huh. we had made the decision to um, buy a car when we moved here. And so we had just taken out this car loan. And so that added this extra $10,000 onto our already our pile of student loans. So in total with the car loan and then everything from the student loans that we owed was about $75,000 in wow. debt. Um, and so that was just a staggering number to look at because here we were earning more money than we'd ever earned, but also realizing even just the minimum payment on that was going to be just this huge chunk every month from our um, income. And so right. That's when I learned how to really do a budget for real and started with the paper and pencil uh, about, <laughs> about three and a half or four years ago. And then um, we, I thought it was going to take five years minimum because just looking at it that first, that first month, well, here's just a little um, to give you an idea of where we were. Uh-huh. The first month that we... Uh, started to try to pay a little extra on our debt. So we we were always paying our minimums. We weren't ever, you know, in like a terrible situation, I guess. But um, we we only were able to pay an extra $100 toward our car that month. And it was really exciting because it was like the first extra payment we were going to be able to make. And it was the last day of 2011 that mm-hmm. we did that. But... It was also a little discouraging because when you look at $100 out of 75000 it's like, well, <laughs> that's kind of a drop in the bucket, you know? But um, over time, it makes a difference. It does. And what we found was as we got more proficient at budgeting, as we became more willing to sacrifice things from our lifestyle to become debt-free, um, and as we really looked for extra opportunities to make some extra money here to do an extra project there, we were able to pay bigger chunks. So if it would had only been able to be a hundred dollars a month, every month that might've been a little discouraging, but it it's things just seem to work out in your favor when you have that focus. Um, even just making a budget, you find money or it, it seems like you have more money than you used to seem like you had because you're being more intentional with it and more right. targeted with it. And so um, we found as we as we grew in our skill set of budgeting and as um, we looked for more opportunities and all of that, um, we were able to pay bigger and bigger chunks um, of income and so or of uh, toward our debt. And so we it ended up taking us two years and 10 months to become debt-free instead of five or more like I thought it would. Right. Well, that's beautiful. And congrats. So basically you buckled down, you um, learned 
then recap. I just want to make sure that I got it. Uh, you buckle down. You uh, learned how to budget effectively. You looked for other ways to make extra income. And you also looked for ways to decrease what you were spending. Yes. And just as much. And, and then you just tackled on as um, what you could an extra for the extra payments. Would that sum it up on how you did it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, and some of the things were, would be maybe considered ill-advised to some people, but I think it was worthwhile for the focus it gave us because we had a small buffer of savings, but we didn't actively save. So okay. we had a little buffer so that you know if something crazy happened, like our car broke or things like that, then we had money to repair it. But um, we didn't have... Uh, we we didn't we didn't try to save simultaneously as we were paying off debt. Okay. We really tried to put everything we could towards debt, and the reason being we were paying so much interest on that debt that it um, we wanted it to be gone as quickly as we could. Right. <laughs> um, so that then and so then now that we've been debt free, we're we are actively saving a lot, um, and and we're able to save at such a bigger level now than we could um, back then. Right. And I know that some people don't agree with that, but I think just the focus that it gave us um, and also the feeling that like we really want to be saving money and we need to hurry up and get this over with so that we can start saving money. It gave some urgency to it. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And everything's, that's why personal finance is personal. It's different to every person. And I know there's d way different ways of doing things, uh, paying off debt, whether it's a uh, uh, tackling the biggest interest uh, or the or the smallest amount of debt. There's so many different ways of doing it, but you really have to look at your person personal situation. What's going to give you the push and the motivation to get it done? Because how the experts are telling you to do it, the gurus are telling you to do it, may not be the best thing for you. Uh, mm -hmm. you, because they're not they don't know their per your personal situation in and out like you do. So I think it's good that you listened to yourselves um, and did how you did it because how you did it worked out perfectly for you. So and that is great. And I appreciate you sharing that because that is a it, that was a that's a good a big amount that you paid off. You did it in. Uh, over two years and uh, how you did it. It's, it's fabulous. So I, I congratulate you again. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, we feel very grateful and, um, you know, there, that there were a lot of things along the way that we couldn't necessarily take credit for that we were just thankful to get to benefit from. Got it. Got it. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And JC, I know you know this podcast is about just making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. I would say um, her money matters because it is empowering and Okay, wait, can I just clarify? Sure, absolutely. Go for it. So you mean the podcast, like Her Money Matters, or Her Money as in like the general female woman, Her Money? Her Money as in the general female, but it, it can be in okay. general because money is not definitely no gender. Yeah, right. Okay. Okay, good. All right. Um, okay. I would say Her Money Matters because 
it is such a huge part of our lives, whether we like it or not, that learning how to be proficient and grateful and generous with money is just so empowering and so freeing mm-hmm. that it's important to to take the time to learn and to, um, I keep wanting to say invest, but I know that's like a, <laughs> kind of a pun, <laughs> um, but to, to invest in, in, um, in learning how to handle money for yourself. That's awesome. I like that. Well, JC, I really appreciate you being here. Tell us where is the best place where people can find you and learn more about you. Okay. I would say since this is a podcast, I will direct you listeners to uh, my podcast website, which is roundthetablepodcast.com. And I would certainly invite anyone to join us around the table if you are enjoying this podcast and um, are looking for any more to add to your roster. <laughs> uh, my my personal website is thebalancedwife.com. Um, okay. So that's kind of, you know, more about me, but um, certainly check out the podcast. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to link those up to the show notes. And JC, thanks again for being here. It was a pleasure and just getting to know you uh, and your money story and you sharing all the insights you had. Well, thank you so much for having me. I I appreciate you. Thank you. Well, that was such a great chat with JC, and I hope that you got a lot of great value out of this interview like I did. I think for me, the biggest takeaway was her journey on budgeting, just basically because it confirms what I keep saying to really make sure you look for something that works for you uh, and, and and listen to your intuition on actually what works for you and what doesn't. So in her journey, she started with mint. She ditched it. She went to the pencil and paper method. Then because she got tired of uh, writing the same things over as far as the categories and so forth, she just went to a simple spreadsheet on Google Drive and she mentioned how simple it was and then refers to mint Uh, as necessary just for the different categories. So the point being here that after disappointments of breaking the budget, which she said she did, she stuck with it. She may have changed the tools, but she found a way that makes it work for them. So she didn't give up. She just found tools or like she mentioned, she uses more than one tool. She uses the spreadsheet, but she also uses Mint for certain things. So you will got to make sure that it works for you. So I definitely encourage you to do the same. And as you have heard before, I like to refer the budget as more of a money plan, especially because you're planning how you're going to spend your money. So it just makes more sense for me. And uh, it just, it's easier on the ears rather than the word budget, which feels just so constrictive. So if you like softwares, if that's something that you like, you're more on the smartphone and on the uh, looking at apps, I definitely recommend mint.com, which is a free app. And you can also go on your computer or there is a paid a software that I also recommend, which is YNAB. So why you need a why you need a budget. So it's Y N A B for budgets. 
which it is, it has a one-time cost. For spreadsheets, there are so many choose to choose from. I know I have one that my clients have loved that I have created, which I'll share in a moment how you can get your hands on this if you haven't done so already, because I know uh, there's been those that have. And if you like writing things out, so you, you don't have to copy things over, you're more of a pencil and paper type of person, I just suggest creating a Word document and just print it out month uh, month after month or make copies of it. So that way you're not writing down the same categories or um, you're just writing down the numbers that have changed and fluctuated. And if you don't want to start from scratch, I have a solution for you in my money kit combo, which where I've, I created a money template PDF, a downloadable PDF to print out. So that way you, if you're more of a pencil and paper type person, you can do that. But it also in this combo, notice I called it a combo. It also includes my spreadsheet that I mentioned that's so popular among my clients. So you can get that. That's just really easy cost of $17 at jenhempill.com forward slash combo. So that's jenhempill.com forward slash dot combo. I do want to challenge you to something today because I know with budgeting, that's a frustration that many, many people have. I don't think I've encountered one person that has never had a frustration with budgets. It's very, very common. So I challenge you to reflect on the times that you've started a budget and didn't work and ask yourself why it didn't work. Was it the actual tool that you didn't like? Was it maybe fear? Was it not knowing what you were doing? Was it overwhelmed? What was it that made it not work? Was it maybe you overspent and that frustrated you? Uh, What exactly? So make sure you take some time. I challenge you to do this. It's really important. Make sure you take some time to reflect, write it down, be honest with yourself and just, and be specific. Uh, There's no reason to get scared of the answer. Just this reflection, the only thing it's going to do is really going to help you. And that is a wrap for today. I want to thank JC for joining us and sharing all the goodness that she shared. You can check out the show notes to find where to find JC uh, and the links that I mentioned uh, just now at jenhemphill.com forward slash 31. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 31. Thanks again for joining me today. And we will see you again next week on Thursday.